Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. I'm talking with author Jack Laninga III right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. His new children's book is titled Tammy and the Magical Cookie Bag. Jack, thank you for being here today. It's great to be talking with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can you tell me what Tammy and the Magical Cookie Bag is all about? Well, yeah, sure. It's a little happy kids book about the ability to share and the calmness. And it makes me giggle because it's got a dragon and, you know, lots of other things in it. What inspired you or what gave you the idea to write it? Well, I always wanted to write a kid's book and I always wanted to write a book, period. And I was working with some people one day and one of my friends was hungry and she kept yelling at people to give her food. They wouldn't give her food. So she yelled at them and it just made me think of, okay, I can do this by either sharing or calmness. And it gave me the idea for the book. So this is your first book then? Yes. Oh, congratulations on getting a book out there. You know, a lot of people say they want to write a book, but very few actually follow through. So congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. I hope to, I actually hope to write two more if this does really good. Oh, that'd be fantastic. What did you learn in the whole process? It's really not that easy to actually do this. When you commit to writing a book, regardless of what the book's about, it's, you got to take your time and focus on it. And I just think I learned a lot of patience through it. After all that time and hard work put into writing this book and jumping through all the hoops it takes to get it published, what feelings did you have whenever you got your first book in and, and you held that physical copy in your hands? What were you feeling? Wow, that's a good question. I, was, I actually felt amazed. Amazed that something I did is published. I felt amazed and I felt hopeful that it would actually help somebody out there in the world. That's pretty much how I felt when I got it published. If you had one piece of advice for an aspiring author that wants to do the same thing you did, what would you say? I would say follow your dreams. If it's meant to be, follow your dreams. It's worth it to do it. It gives you a good feeling inside. I was admiring the artwork and the illustrations in the book. Can you tell me how that came about? Yeah, they did real good at Fulton Publishing. They did real good. They came up with a lot of the illustrations and designs, but I, I wanted the specific ones that are my own, I would have to say is Tammy herself and the dragon. Because those are the two things I'm pretty proud of in that. The rest, the people Fulton Publishing did really, really good with it. So what age range of children do you think would this be best for? Oh, wow. I would think it would be great for beginner readers to probably about the age of six or seven. But, I mean, if it's a good story for anybody. If anybody just wants a good-hearted story, it's for anybody. But I would recommend it from beginners to age six or seven. Well, that's fantastic. I think we could all use a good story like that. So thank you, Jack, for using your gifts and your talents to get this out to the world. The name of the book is Tammy and the Magical Cookie Bag by Jack Lanninga III. 
Published by Fulton Books, you can find it on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for your books. Jack, thanks again for stopping by the show tonight. I had a great time chatting with you. Oh, thank you. Anytime. Please, hopefully we'll be able to talk again. I'd like to welcome my next guest here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, author Rebecca Marie Fitzgerald. Her new book is in stores now, and it's titled Tranquil Transitions, The Simple Art of Making One's Final Days Special. Rebecca, thank you for being here tonight with me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Can you tell me about Tranquil Transitions? Well, sure. It's, it's, a, it's a small book, very beautiful, and it's written to help people who have a friend or a loved one entering into the end-of-life transition, for example, into hospice or palliative care. It's easy to read with different chapters for the different stages they'll be going through during this very difficult time in their lives, and it has helpful suggestions for how to make things more tranquil during this difficult time in their lives, um, utilizing all five of the senses. How did the idea for it come about? I have played my harp. I'm a therapeutic harp practitioner, and I play the harp for people who are dying in hospice or who are sick in the hospital or homeless shelters going through difficult times. So I've spent a lot of time by the side of people as they pass and by their with their families, and I see what has made an impact into how to make that time more tranquil for them. And so I just sort of put all my ideas together and I put it in a little book to just help those people get past this time. And it also came about because several people suggested to me as I was working alongside hospice patients, and it was a very tranquil environment that we had created. And they said, oh, please share how you've done that with other people. And so that was sort of my little seed. Well, what an interesting line of work that is. And you certainly do have the perfect perspective. Yes, it is an amazing perspective. It's amazing to see almost behind the scenes what happens during this time. And then my faith also, my belief in an afterlife in, in God and what happens when we go to heaven just adds that extra spark to it. Have you written or been published prior to this? This was my very first book, yes. I have actually written another book since this one came out because this one took a little while to get publishing process, and I've actually now published two books. <laughs> Congratulations. That's a huge accomplishment. Thank you. It is. <laughs> so how does it feel now that you're a published author? It takes a lot of hard work. Oh, it's wonderful, and it does take a lot of work. But it's a, it's a great feeling to know that I have accomplished what I set down to accomplish and that it's actually in a written format and the people are being blessed by it. That is actually the biggest part in my heart is that people are actually reading it and being blessed by it. I actually had somebody call me last night and tell me they were reading this book to their mother as she was actually in the active process of dying and that it incredibly helped them through that time. Do you have anything that you've learned now along the way of writing and publishing these books that you could pass along as advice to aspiring writers? Well, just write what's on your heart, that's for sure. And write. I write every morning in a, in a personal journal. And as I write, I write without too much thought and I just let it flow out into my mind. And 
And just the process of writing clarifies what you want to write and what God is saying through you. And so I would recommend all aspiring writers to continue to just write in journals and to keep their writing up on a daily basis. Well, it certainly does sound like your work is inspiring and helpful. And I thank you for using your gifts to bring more of that into the world. This book is called Tranquil Transitions, The Simple Art of Making One's Final Days Special by Rebecca Marie Fitzgerald, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else you shop for your books. Rebecca, thank you again for joining me here tonight. It was fantastic chatting with you. Thank you. It was great to talk to you, too. Readers are challenged to brave the difficult, narrow path in the new book by Rick Chupek, titled All That Matters. I'm talking with Rick right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Rick, thank you for joining me tonight. You're very welcome, and thanks for having me. Can you tell me about All That Matters? What's it about? All That Matters. It's about uh, how to live a good Christian life and follow that very difficult, narrow path and how to stay away from Satan's uh, temptations that come to us daily, but we don't really see them. And uh, most of us, you know, that are Christians aren't living the life we should be, and that's what this book's all about. What inspired you or gave you the idea to write this? Well, are you ready for this? (laughs) I had a vision about 10 years ago. And it actually had to be on Christmas evening. I've never had another vision since, and I didn't know what it meant. I kept seeing Bible verses. The vision went on for hours. I seen the letters A, T, and M, and I seen Bible verses again. And then towards the end of my vision, I seen A, T, and M being the words, all that matters. And when I came out of this vision, I didn't even tell my family about this. For about eight months, I didn't know what it meant. And I was conflicted in what to do or what should I do with this. And I thought, you know what? I know I can write. Let me write a book. And the title is All That Matters. That's how it came to be. Wow, pretty amazing story. Have you written a book before, been published before? Never. Wow. Never did before and never thought I would. (laughs) Well, congratulations (laughs) on getting this book out there. How's it feel now that you're a published author? Well, it's very gratifying. Being an author and how I can change people's lives with this book is the most gratifying thing and very, very happy and and pleased. Now, having gone through all this, do you have any advice that you could offer to writers who want to publish their first work? Yeah, my advice to others would be to be focused and very passionate about what you're doing and what you're writing about. I was definitely very focused and passionate about this book, and I knew it was for a reason, so that made me even more passionate about it. Do you have plans to continue writing, maybe pursue publishing further? Yes, possibly in a year or two when I'm retired. I'll be able to get it done much quicker than this one. This one took about two to three years. A lot of thought went behind it, and finally it was finished. Would you say there's a person in your life that's most inspired you or most encouraged you during the writing? I can definitely tell you one person, and this is Jesus himself. I had a vision for a reason, and it definitely came from Jesus. So that's the uh, only person I can tell you that truly inspired me in writing this book, and that's why I did it. Was the writing process fairly smooth for you, or were you plagued with a writer's block kind of thing? It was fairly smooth. I've led a Christian life, you know, most of my life. I've had a Christian walk with the Lord. And so when I started this book, and with the Bible verses and everything I had written down that I could remember out of my vision, 
it was pretty smooth, even though I had a lot of thought to go into it. I have a lot of Bible quotes in my book to back what I'm writing, to back it up. So yeah, it went pretty smooth. Would you say you wrote this more for the unchurched audience or more of a church-going audience? I would say both, probably mostly uh, church-going people. You think you're living a great life until you really get into the Bible, like the book of James is in my book. And the book of James tells you pretty much right out in five chapters what you're actually doing wrong and, and that you're living your life not the way you really should be. You think you might be leading a good life, but then again, you're not. You've got, all, you've got Satan deceiving you is what you got, and my book helps you get past all that. This is All That Matters by Rick Chupek, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and everywhere else you would shop for your reading material. Rick, thank you for talking tonight. It was great chatting. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'd like to welcome author Tyler Davis to the Reader House Author Roundtable. His thrilling new novel, New America Awakenings, is out now. Tyler, thank you for talking with me here tonight. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me about New America Awakenings? I read about it, and it sounds really exciting. It's a dystopian young adult novel that I think adults will even enjoy. It's a dystopian take on what would happen in America if an extremist took over the government. I started writing it before, uh, back in 2015, and had no idea how relevant it would be today. And so I was going to ask if there are any current events that happen to inspire this story, but it sounds like things are just all kind of happening at once. Um, it, <laughs> um, I've had people who have read it and have, and, and have asked, did, did I write this while the last four years were going on? And part of that was yes, but it wasn't following the current events. It, was, it started out with just a simple idea of what would happen to America if we lost our democracy. And it follows a teenager named Colt and his coming to know himself as a teenager and coming of age in a society that's been broken down into projects based on race and religion. Is this the first book you've written or the first time you've been published? Uh, this is my first book published. I've written screenplays, short screenplays that have been produced, an internet television series. But this was the first book that I've written that I actually felt was good enough to actually put out there for, for the public. I've been writing since I was in sixth grade. Oh, wow. Well, it's a big deal to have your first book out there in stores. How's it feel now that you're published? It's, it's surreal, and I really feel blessed that it's, it's out. People are reading it, and they're responding to it. And it's also a, life, you know, it's a lifelong dream. I've, I've been writing since I was in sixth grade. What do you think is so appealing about the dystopian setting? I've always been drawn to dystopian novels because they're political. They're usually political in nature, and they give you a lot to think about um, as far as our own individual choices, where we're at, where we could go. When I wrote this book, I decided that I wanted to write a dystopian novel that didn't have lasers or hovercrafts. It wasn't set off into the distant future but that was more rooted in our near-term future because that to me also made it feel more, it made it feel real. It made it feel more relevant to the reader. Whereas like when you read like 1984, we can look back on it and go, oh, okay, there were things there, 
but there was still a sense of technology, a sense of futurism that lend itself to reality. And so I really wanted to try to write a dystopian novel that felt like it could happen and to bring a reader into a feeling of this could really, really happen within our lifetime. Absolutely. What's the possibility of a sequel to this? Oh, absolutely. This is just book one, currently working on the second book. It's a three book series. This first book is very much about growing up. When we're teenagers, <laughs> our world feels dystopian when we're, when we're teenagers. So, you know, it, it, it fits really well into that. Book two, I'm working on it right now, New America Revelations. Hopefully we'll have that done by this spring. Well, we're looking forward to that and to the completion of the trilogy. This is New America Awakenings by Tyler Davis. It's published by Fulton Books, and you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for your reading material. Well, Tyler, thanks again for stopping by the show tonight. I had a great time chatting. Thank you so much for having me, and it was great to speak with you. Other Side of Yesterday, a memoir, is the new book by Gary Foster, published by Fulton Books. It's in stores now. I'm talking with Gary right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Gary, thanks for being here tonight. Thanks for inviting me. Can you tell me about the memoir? The memoir deals with my life. It talks about growing up in Jamaica to picking the lock of success, climbing the corporate ladder in the U.S., and then, you know, the consequences of that. Wow, sounds like quite a journey. What inspired you or gave you the idea to write it? It was um, a good friend of mine, uh, Angelique, said, you know, that I live an interesting life and I should write it down, although I never thought my life is that fantastic. So as a result, because of circumstances, I end up in prison for seven years. During that time, I got inspired to write it based on what she was saying and just to be done with the past and to move on. Have you ever written before or been published? No, actually, this was my first time. It was one of my bucket lists, but I never thought I would accomplish it. <laughs> uh, a lot of people say they want to write a book, but very few actually do it. And now you've done it. So congratulations. That's a huge thank deal. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So how's it, it feel? Great. Yeah, I was going to ask, how's it feel to be a published author? It feels surreal. Like, I can't believe this is actually happening. That, that You know, it, I initially wrote the book for me just to write everything down about my past and just to bottle it up and move on. The fact that people actually want to read it, I, I just feel elated. I feel excited. And it's just surreal. Was the actual writing of it a smooth process for you, or did you have difficulty? It was not, in the sense that, you know, there are certain things you don't want people, especially people close to you, to know about yourself. There are certain things you don't even want yourself to know about yourself that you don't really want to admit. So he was very difficult to write everything down and then to actually create a book from it. But in the end, it was very therapeutic, and I'm happy I did it. And I'm sure there was a lot you learned along the way of getting things published. Do you have any words of wisdom, some advice you could offer to authors that want to do the same thing? My advice is that, you know, don't be scared. Don't be scared to go out there and actually write down the ideas that are in your head. And there's always a publisher or a company that's willing to work with you. So don't be deterred. And even sometimes when you, you get rejection, just be persistent and just dedicated and you'll be fine. So do you plan on continuing writing and getting published more? 
It depends. It depends on how people appreciate this particular book. And if I have more to say, you know, people are telling me to write my write about my experience while I was in prison and how everything went. And it's probably something I end up doing. Not now because I'm my life has become so busy, but probably eventually something I will tackle. Now in the book, is there a certain part of it that is maybe most significant to you or maybe your favorite part? Actually, the funny thing is, my favorite part of the book is the first chapter, just because it pulls, that first chapter pulls everything about my life into perspective. And I didn't realize it until I put the book together and I read everything and I'm like, oh my God, that first chapter, it just, in, it, it, it just deals with all the, the struggle, the success, the failures, and everything that happened in my life. So it turned out be, it became my favorite part and the last chapter as well, because it shows that even though you go through a lot, you can survive and it, things always get better, no matter how dark your life becomes. The name of the book is Other Side of Yesterday, a memoir by Gary Foster, published by Fulton Books. You can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for your books. Well, Gary, Thank you again for stopping by the show tonight. I had a great time chatting with you. Thank you so much. And I hope it could help someone in some way. Thanks again. Author Myrna Victor tells about the life of a family of red foxes in her new children's book, The Fox Family. Myrna is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Myrna, thank you for stopping by the show tonight. My pleasure. Can you tell me about your book, The Fox Family? Well, the a fox couple who are about to begin their family, and they want to make sure that their new kits will be prepared to meet life's challenges. And they've just moved from a rural area to more suburban. So it's their challenges. Mm -hmm. How did the idea for this come about? I've always enjoyed animals. I mean, I loved going to zoos as a child. And my house, it's, it's a suburb, but I have a bit of a small forest behind. And I love watching. We have fox that run through and a variety of other small animals. One day I was out there reading and a red fox was sitting near me and sat there and moved closer and I wondered what she or he was thinking. A few weeks later, there was a mother and a father with four little kids. <laughs> so that's what started me. I, I was wondering what, what she was looking at. She walked around my house and looked in windows twice. I just kept thinking about what, what was she thinking. And then I found out, I'm assuming it was the same person, that they'd had a little family. So that's how this started. This is your first children's book. What was it like going through writing this? I enjoyed it. I, I hadn't done it before, but you've, I'm sure other people do. That you, you kind of get some thoughts and you write them down, and then you pay a lot more attention to what's happening around you and watching my woods. <laughs> Gradually, I thought that maybe I had a story. So I sat down and tried to organize it, and this is the result. The illustrations are important, especially in children's books. What was it like working with an illustrator? I have to tell you, one of the things I was just going to add, I did not know too much about, I've never done this before, and I'm very pleased with the little red fox family that they came up with. There's a happiness and a joyousness and an inquiry about them. Uh, and I'm very appreciative of uh, what Fulton Books has done. And, and they've tried to get me involved in it and get my ideas, and I also appreciate that. 
Are you looking to write more books? I have always loved giraffes. I am thinking a little bit about doing something with that. But I don't think about myself so much as a writer. (laughs) But I do enjoy thinking about what the animals are doing and uh, our relationship to them. Well, you are indeed a writer now. So do you have any (laughs) advice for aspiring writers? Put your thoughts down. I suspect, I mean, knowing myself too, you go places, you think about something. The minute you hear yourself going, hmm, (laughs) there may be something that you need to write down. And think about it when you're taking a walk or, you know, different kinds of things like that. But take a chance. I never, when I, when I wrote this, expected it to become a book. I'm, I'm delighted. So I certainly would encourage other people. I have not published a book before, so I'm very appreciative. Well, I encourage parents and fans of children's books to check this out. It's called The Fox Family by Myrna Victor published by Fulton Books. You can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for books. Myrna, thank you again for chatting with me tonight. It was fantastic having you here. Oh, thank you so much, and and I enjoyed your questions. I, I appreciate it. The story of human progress is explored in the new book, The Time Capsule, The Strides of Man. The author, Norman W. Smith, is talking with me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Norman, thank you for coming on the show tonight. You're welcome, Corey. Can you tell me about your book, The Time Capsule? Yes, 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 yes. The Time Capsule is actually, I didn't start off writing a book. It's a book of poetry. I just have a lot of poems, a bunch of poems, and I just took a portion of it out and say, I'll make this portion a book because seeing that I have so many, then why not let other people read them? That's what I started off doing. What inspired you to take your poetry and get it published? Well, I wanted, to, I wanted other people to experience the poem. I remember one of the poems inside called Mother, and I recited the poem to a person once, a female, and then I saw, I saw tears start coming down their eyes, and I, what's, up, what's up with this? What is it this way? And she told me, it's so much of a nice poem. I just hope my children feel that way about me like you do feel about your parents. Because actually, that was a poem I wrote specifically for my mother. I just decided that I would like to uh, let other people get a hold of the poems that I have because I do like them. What sort of period of time were these poems written over? Let me see. It's about, actually, it's about 15 years because I used to write a long time ago. But I never used to keep record of the poems I write. I would go someplace and write it on a piece of paper and they'd make it in a, like a plane and sail it in the air. In the case where I'm at by water, I'd make it like a boat and put it in, crumble it like a paper and throw it in a basket. But never used to take care of them. But when my mother died and I read that poem at her eulogy, as my niece forced me to do so, then other people start telling me, oh, good poem. Do you have more? I say, yes, I have some more. They say, oh, you probably should start writing some more. And that's, uh, I start writing, and that was, oh, come, I start publishing it. What's it feel like now, being a published author and having your poetry out there for the world? It feels good. It feels like I'm sharing myself with the world, and that basically was my idea. Do you have any words of advice that you could offer to authors that want to get their first book published? I would tell them that it is a great feeling. Besides this great feeling that you will have, let's go beyond 
our own feelings and share that with other people. Because lots of people do like hear what you read, what you write. And what's the sense of writing it if, if, if no one reads it or if you don't feel like sharing it? Are you going to continue to pursue publishing, writing more? Yes, uh, right now I will, because actually I have over 800 poems. So I just took these 202 and put it in a book. So I actually have enough for two other, three other books. But I also find out that I have to try hard to keep my poems short, and which is an indication that I should try short stories. Right now I'm trying a short story. And that short story is no short story. It's a book. <laughs> it's called Sir Gallant. It's a book because I'm now at what, 160 page. The character that I'm using he is now 18 years old and I would like to stop it when he's 40. So I, I decided to write a lot more and I have um, other ideas in my head. I want to share them with the world. Do you have a certain style of poetry that you write in? I, I jump around styles. I jump around style. I tend to do most of my poems tend to have something to do with nature. I could be walking the street this morning or any time, and I see someone sitting down doing something or standing up doing something, and I would use that in a poem. I would get up in the morning and I watch the leaves on the trees fluttering and dancing. I would use that in a poem. I could see the water standing still or a waterfall, and I use those things. The way the cloud moves, <laughs> I just use that my poems are really more or less about nature. Well, thank you for sharing your vision, your creativity with the world. This is The Time Capsule, The Strides of Man by Norman W. Smith, published by Fulton Books. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for books. Well, Norman, thank you again for stopping by the show. I had a great time talking with you. Likewise, Corey. Thank you very much, and have a lovely day. We're all looking to grow and improve in our lives, and Dr. Jesus A. Salas gives practical advice in his new book, Getting Better Every Day, The Client's Guide to Cognitive Behavioral Therapy Treatment. Jesus is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Jesus, thank you for stopping by the show tonight. Thank you. Can you tell me about Getting Better Every Day? Well, CBT is a very powerful approach to help people change. However, change is not an easy process. And the book offers a tool to help them clarify what is it that they need to do actually to make the most out of each session and the therapy itself. So it's designed to help them optimize the change process by kind of informing them in terms of what are the different tasks that are involved in participating in CBT therapy, cognitive behavior therapy. Did you have a target audience in mind when you wrote this? The way I see it, it can benefit a wide variety of people, but uh, were you writing for a specific group? Mainly three different groups. One was people who are already in therapy, so they understand more what's going on. For example, recently I took a new patient that he said, I've been in therapy for a long time. I've been through several CBT therapists. And what I see that you're doing and when I read in the book, it, it really realized me that I was not really doing CBT. I mean, it's like, I understand now more hmm. what I need to do. So. That's the main um, reader. Also, people who are thinking about going to therapy, who's, you know, are exploring what is cognitive behavioral therapy about, what is it different with other approaches, you know, what are the mechanisms uh, or processes that help me change. That will be something that might help them to make the decision in terms of, okay, but it's more clear for me 
what is the treatment plan here or what's the strategy that we're going to follow. Another thing that we have is people who are targeted people who are, have family members, parents, siblings, kids who are going through trouble and they're given in my given book for them to know that there is hope for them because they might see, again, inform themselves in terms of how the therapy can work. And if it makes sense to them, they might be interested in doing that. The last piece, but it's also interesting, is that the first chapters are really, anybody can really read them because it's about, it's about human behavior. Why do we behave in the way we do? Why are we feel in the way we do? Why sometimes we feel things that we shouldn't feel? Why is it so difficult to change things that we know that are good for us to do? So it's about general theory, from a cognitive behavioral perspective about human behavior and human behavioral change. Do you have any words of wisdom, maybe anything you learned along the way that you could offer to new writers? Probably something that is very important is to have a clear goal in terms of what you want to accomplish with the book, who's your target audience. Both things give you, I guess, the passion and the discipline and the perseverance to work in it because it's a lot of work. It's rewarding work. I love it, but it's, it's a lot of work. This is called Getting Better Every Day. The Client's Guide to Cognitive Behavioral Therapy Treatment by Dr. Jesus A. Salas. This is published by Fulton Books, and you'll be able to find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for your reading material. Well, Jesus, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. I had a great time chatting with you. Thank you so much, Corey. Likewise. I'm talking with author Douglas Berry here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. His new children's book is out now and it's titled, The Night I Spent in a People House. Douglas, thank you for being here tonight with me. No problem. Thanks for having me. Can you tell me about your book, The Night I Spent in a People House? Sure. Briefly, it's a, it's a little story about a little rabbit that sneaks his way through a little doggy door and sneaks into a house and befriends the family and then goes out and tells all of his woodland friends about all the fun he had while he was inside the house. How did you get the idea to write this? It's a semi-true story about Ten years ago, my son caught a baby rabbit in the backyard and he brought it inside for a night. And we decided it was probably best the next day to let it, you know, back out into the wild. So we released it. And he actually named that rabbit Jasper at that point in time. So that's also where the name came from for the uh, rabbit in the book. Was there anything in particular at this point that sparked you to write the book and get it published? I had been trying for, uh, well, probably since that point in time, I had had three other publishers turn me down. This fourth one was the, was the ticket, and they decided to go ahead and do it for me, and it's been quite an experience. Is this the first time you've had a book published? Yes, sir. sure is. Wow, what a big milestone in your life. What's it feel like now to be a published author? It's pretty incredible. I don't think it's truly sank in yet, but uh, everybody calls me an author, and it's like, that's funny. I don't feel like an author. <laughs> How was the process of getting it written, getting it published, jumping through all those hoops? What was that like for you? It was pretty painless. It was uh, it was a really cool experience for me, having no, never done it before. The whole process, once it started, was about six to eight months. I would have probably liked it to happen a little bit faster, but I'm sure everybody does. Hmm. But it was pretty painless and quite an interesting process. How was it working with an illustrator? Well, it was kind of fun. They gave me 10 to choose from, and I chose one and uh, we hit it off pretty much right right off the bat and she she knocked it out of the park the, the illustrations are awesome well that's wonderful now that you've been through all that do you have anything you've learned that you could offer as advice for aspiring authors I, I guess if I had the one big piece of advice would be just don't give up 
and don't listen to other people if they keep telling you no. It's just just keep digging if that's what you want to do, and, and it'll happen. Everything in God's time, as I like to say. Do you plan on writing more and having more books published? I've got another adventure for Jasper and his uh, crew in the works. We will see if it actually makes it to print or not, but we got one we're working on. Did you have a certain age range of children in mind when you were writing it? Yeah, I did. I wanted it to be for the uh, young, the younger kids, like up to about five or six years old or so. You know, just a nice, I guess they call them a picture book. Seems to be doing well. It's grandkid approved. <laughs> do you have a certain routine about writing? How do you write? What's your atmosphere? Do you have a time of day that you write? No, I just kind of sit down and just start thinking like a rabbit, I guess, you know? <laughs> it kind of both of them uh even the second one have kind of written themselves uh the first one i probably had written in about 20 minutes and the second one slightly longer because i thought a little bit more about what i was writing and it took me about two days but it's a pretty easy process what's really rewarding is uh seeing the uh, responses i've gotten back from the folks who've bought in the book and they, they'll send me pictures of their kids smiling with the book you know holding the book in their hand and then read it to them and that's really that, that's really cool that gives me a good feeling I can see it'd be so fantastic to see that not only has your book brought you joy as you wrote it, but it's bringing other people joy as well. So got to be a great feeling. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's awesome. I wasn't really anticipating that as much as I, as I received it. So it's awesome. Well, if you're looking for a little more joy in your life, I encourage you to try this out. It's called The Night I Spent in a People House by Douglas Berry. It's published by Fulton Books. You can find it on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and Google Play, everywhere else you shop for books. Well, Douglas, thank you again for being here with me tonight. I had a great time chatting with you. All right. Hey, it was great to be here. Thank you very much. I'd like to welcome author Beverly Lowe to the Reader House Author Roundtable. We're talking about her new children's book, The Strawberry Adventure, A Lesson in Thankfulness. Beverly, thank you for joining me here tonight. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Can you tell me what The Strawberry Adventure is all about? It's about a young girl, a, a little princess who has everything and doesn't realize that other children aren't as privileged as she is until she goes out and sees the young girls in the strawberry fields and it tugs at her heart and she learns to be thankful for what she has. I really appreciate the thankfulness part of this. What inspired you to sort of promote thankfulness? Well, my stories all start with my grandchildren. And when they were smaller, I would make up stories for them when I would be at their house visiting. And at night we would sit, and especially my granddaughter, who is Katarina, the princess, and I would tell her stories. So they just developed over the years and I decided to write them down. Have you ever written or published before? This is my first time to publish. It's always been my dream to write and to tell stories, not just children's stories, but I've worked on a couple of novels as well. What's the experience been for you your first time around? A learning experience. <laughs> you don't realize, you know, as, as a novice, you think, oh, I send it in, they like it. They say, okay, you know, they, they edit it and they publish it. It's a lot more to it than that. Mm. There are a lot of steps and you learn and the second one, I think, will be easier, but we never stop learning. And I think that's also the point of some of my children's books is no matter how old our children are, they can still learn these lessons. That's great. Not only inspiring thankfulness, gratitude, but also curiosity and creativity and appreciating the world around us. That's true. I think we all need to appreciate more 
about what we have. And I really feel like if this works out, then I keep publishing children's books. I love to write. That's been my dream. And right now it's a dream come true with just one book. And often when you enjoy writing so much, that translates onto the page for the reader's experience. Your passion just will flow. I hope so. I hope that the people who are reading this story to their children see that it's from the heart. That's a huge thing. Do you have any advice now for somebody that's looking to embark on this same quest of publishing? I think if this is your heart, if you really want to write and to share stories with adults or children, that you follow that dream and that you keep going until that perfect story comes along that you think, yeah, I've got to share this with the world, and you send it in. And if you've worked on it and it's good and the publisher picks it up, then just keep on going with the process. Are you writing more? I am. Oh, fantastic. What do we have in store? Well, one, the one that I think will be next is a, a lesson about prayer. And Katerina doesn't have anyone to play with. She has two brothers, and they're not very good companions for the princess. So she starts asking for a best friend. But, you know, she looks at the moon and she says, moon, you see the whole world. Can you send me a friend? And, of course, nothing happens. And she repeats that with different things. And then she thinks about it and she goes, I'll just ask God because he controls everything. And when she asks God for a friend in her prayers, then she meets Jasper, the little white pony who becomes her best friend. This is really fantastic, promoting thankfulness and gratitude, and, and certainly we need more of that out there. So, Beverly, thank you for using your gifts and creativity to write this book. It's called The Strawberry Adventure, A Lesson in Thankfulness by Beverly Lowe. It's published by Fulton Books, and you can find it on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for books. Beverly, thanks again for joining me here tonight. I had a great time chatting with you. Oh, thank you. And now call again sometime. Rise of Willow, a historical novel of the Willow family, is the new book by Gil Johnstone, and it's in stores now. Gil is right here chatting with me at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Gil, thanks for joining me tonight. Thank you. Can you tell me about Rise of Willow? Well, it's uh, a book with many layers starts just prior to the dawn of the 24th century. It is written as a history. You have a biographer who's going to talk with one of the most important families of their time to do their history. So you have a two-layered story of the present and the past and everything that leads up to that. It's an interesting concept to take a, a future setting and then write it almost in reverse, write the history of it. How did you go about that? Oh, <laughs> That, that's a complicated question because it, it's a it's a book with a lot of layers, a lot of surprises as it goes along. I think it basically represents the way I think of things in the first place. I always tend to have a alternate view from everyone else. Is this the first book you've written? It is. Congratulations on getting it out there in stores. It's a it's a huge deal. How's it feel now to be a published author? Pretty good. I'm uh, pretty satisfied with that. I hope everyone enjoys it. What was your biggest challenge along the way? Just getting started in it, but not in the usual way. I mean, I don't suffer writer's block. It's just I haven't written anything other than technical papers since college. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, trying to get away from that and uh, what uh, friends as I was growing up always said, I should write stories. Finally, after all these years, I, I finally did one. And everyone who's read it seems to very much enjoy it. Was there something in specific that inspired you or sparked you to get down and get this written at this point in time? 
Yeah, it was it's kind of a chain of events, starting with the death of a childhood friend, one who had uh, encouraged me to write books, lifelong friend. When we were kids, he is a prodigist, musical prodigist, and uh, I did art. There was a piece I did that he wanted to use someday for an album cover, and I told my kids about it after I heard that he had died, and uh, they mentioned what a what a neat uh, illustration that would be for cosplay and things like that. I've been looking for an excuse to do art, and I thought, well, you know, this wouldn't be anything if it didn't have a story with it, and there you go. <laughs> it just shot off from there. Wow. Oh, that's a great story. But do you have any advice for people that want to write their first book and go through the whole publishing process? Just start. Just uh, sit down at a computer or whatever method feels comfortable to you. First thing is to be comfortable. Just start. Just just go at it. Don't be afraid to start over, to erase, to alter, get a critique. The most important thing is just to start. Looking into the future, are you planning on writing more books, maybe pursuing publishing again? Yes. When I, when I first started writing this, I had no idea what I was doing. I just wanted a story to go along with a, a concept. Started pounding out, and it just went and went and went. A couple months later, I decided, you know, surely this is enough for a book. I wasn't doing chapters or nothing. I just needed a story. And it just kept flowing out of my head. So then I started looking how much I had done, 240,000 words. <laughs> mm, wow. Enough for almost three books. And I, so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to chop this up uh, if I have to put it in a series. So I'm working on the sixth book, which will get me, get me caught up with that first 240,000 words. Wow. It's a lot of hard work to write a book. It's a lot of hard work to publish a book. A lot of authors find themselves discouraged a lot of times during that process. Uh, were you feeling discouraged at any point? No, not really. Like I said, I don't suffer writer's block. I can write in my head. It's a joke for my wife. She can see me sitting there being bored out of my mind and just, just drift off and start working dialogue in my head and concepts and stuff. And I can remember it all. So next time I sit at the computer, I can just pound it out. That's fantastic. This sounds like a really great read. It's called Rise of Willow, a historical novel of the Willow family by Gil Johnstone, published by Fulton Books. You'll be able to find it on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, at iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for books. Gil, thanks again for joining me tonight here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. I had a really good time talking with you. Thank you. Author Carrie D.J. Robertson is here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. He writes about American values in his new book, Alive to Tell the Story. Did America Forget 9-11? Carrie, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Now, can you tell me about this book? Um, this book is based on values, it's based on principle, and it's based on, um, you know, bringing America, you know, close together, you know. And the thing about values and value is, you know, if I value something, you know what I'm saying, value speaks in different ways that's using the word value. It depends on what you value. You know, some people value themselves. So when I speak on values, you know, I'm valuing other things, you know, important things. I definitely think America has much value. And, you know, somewhere down the line, America lost its value. And what this book is, is to bring America back into the values and, you know, get the value back into America. Because somewhere along the way, you know, there was values lost and principles lost somewhere in this nation. But there's no criticism. What I'm saying is, you know, how can America regain back its value once, had, once upon a time? 
and also, you know, not just about 9-11, but it's about the things that went on in America, you know, not just black-on-black crime, but police killing black people and things such as that. You know, things like that happen based on misunderstandings. It happened based on somewhere along the way people lost custom value they used to have once upon a time. You know, sometimes we have to put ourselves in people's shoes and see how it feels. You know, when 9-11 happened back then, even though it's long gone and over, people still remember what happened back then in 9-11. And to the victim families back then, you know, you know, we as Americans are still here now. We have to put ourselves in their shoes to see how they feel. You know, we have to become them and their feelings and feel what they feel and feel how they feel when it comes to 9-11 and what did happen back there. I think 9-11 was a horrific event that happened in American history. And, um, you know, there's nothing good that took place back then in 9-11. I think it's a very sad thing what happened. Do you plan on continuing writing? Or are you going to write more books, pursue publishing? Yes, sir, I'm going to pursue publishing. I'm working on another book right now. It's called Life's Lessons and Life's Blessings. It should be coming out next year. Again, the book is called Alive to Tell the Story, Did America Forget 9-11? by Carrie D.J. Robertson. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing, and you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else you shop for books. Carrie, thank you again for joining me tonight. I had a great time talking. Thank you. God bless. Have a good day. God bless America. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.